0: Welcome back to EV News Daily. Coming up today, Ford gains access to superchargers, mini production starts, and Fisker difficulties. Plus, stay tuned, because later in the show, I'll tell you what Nissan think they need to do to regain some traction in the EV space. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Wherever you are in the world, welcome to EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. For Friday, 1st of March, I'm Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. Patreon supporters get the show ad-free, and if you'd like to be like them, there's a, cl- there's a link in the show notes you can click. Just to have a look. There on your podcast app or wherever you're listening to this, you'll see it. You can click on it if you want to, very optional. Now, let's start with we'll get onto the Ford news in a moment, which is arguably. One of the biggest stories of the year. But first of all, I'll tell you about BMW's plant in Leipzig, starting manufacturing of the all-electric Mini Countryman following the introduction of its combustion counterpart. The addition means that the plant in Germany now produces four models and across three drivetrains, so electric, hybrid, and combustion, the Mini Countryman comes in two versions, 150 kilowatts or 204 horsepower version and also a 230 kilowatt or 313 horsepower uh, SE All 4 version. Now, the plant will increase its output to 500 units of these a day and another 800 BMW vehicles that are being made there. Leipzig also hosts the Generation 5 high voltage battery production process for BMW, including cell coating, module production and battery assembly. And they're expanding the battery operations there. They're also really proud of some of the advanced things they've got going on, like even the the paint plant there for the minis, uh, for the electric minis. And uh, they're talking about that uh, today and saying that they uh, you know, work really hard on even creating a new paint shop that eliminates overspray, which means that there's less wastage. It reduces resources, lower CO2 emissions, excess paint mist is means that conventional paint methods have kind of been discarded and they found new ways of painting the vehicles. And so a uh, lot of stuff going on there at uh, BMW and Mini and uh, hopefully... Uh, the cars coming out of there will be with uh, good good things to drive. Now let's talk about Xpeng expanding their navigated guide uh, navigation guided pilot. That's what it is. It's XNGP Xpeng NGP navigation guided pilot, and it's going to be functional on every road in China enhancing their ADAS system uh, to encompass 200 cities. Initially, Xpeng uh, and their navigation-guided pilot. Uh, can we just call it their version of full self-driving? <laughs> no, because it's different. It's different. Um, it, was, it was restricted to highway use initially, and um, it, then it broadened, then it broadened, and then it was parking areas, then it was city streets, and the rollout is uh, extending, and it commenced with the first users being able to grow that customer base wider and wider, and now more and more people get to use this. And eventually, this year, they will get to -to point-to-point navigation, and it will be able to be used anywhere, seamlessly navigating anything, highways to urban roads and pathways and parking lots. Now, let's get on to the really big news of the day today, and actually the big news possibly of the year, and that is, for the very first time, a car that is not... A Tesla can now charge uh, with the J3400 plug as it is now, formerly known as NAx and formerly known as the Tesla connector before it became a standard. Um, a- another car can natively charge on those. Now, for now, it, n- it needs an adapter. So for now, until the actual J3400 connector goes on the side of cars, you do need an adapter, but I'll get into that. Ford launched their adapter today. And one of the first people to plug in was my friend Kyle from House of Spec, who I do the Friday podcast with every week, have done for the past three years or so. And I could just tell from his video how excited he was and how he understood that this was a, this was a moment in the electric vehicle space. If you've been in it for five minutes or the last 15 years, you, you know, you appreciate the, the chance to use this charging network in North America, which is very reliable, not infallible but the superchargers are very reliable but but more than the fact that they were, they're the uptime is sort of 99.94 or 5% they nearly always work but they work incredibly well they handshake very quickly they don't have card readers on now we have to have them over here because of legislation and stuff but you you just turn up you plug in it's like plug and charge you walk away and they charge quickly, uh, but more importantly, there's loads of them. So so Tesla aren't in the business of putting two or three chargers into a site. They put, you know, 200 into a site. Now, uh, the move allows Ford owners to access the supercharger network, and it adds 15,000 DC fast charging options overnight. Well, it's not quite overnight. It's a turn of phrase, I'm sorry. Then They haven't switched them all on overnight. It's going to be a couple of months for those adapters to be t- rolling out and it's going to be a process it won't be overnight but those adapters will arrive for free with owners of mustang mac e's f-150 lightnings and retail customers of the transit now those vehicles have to be updated with an over-the-air update on ford's side and so the mac e and the f-150 lightning that's fine the transit doesn't get over the air updates they've got to go back to the dealers but the numbers are much smaller so once you've had your update to the car over the air once you have your adapter sent out from ford and we think the third-party ones Will equally work because they're not smart devices. These adapters, they are—they've got temperature sensors inside them, which will shut things off if they get a bit spicy. But otherwise, they're they're, not—they're—they're relatively dumb, pass-through devices. But the one you get from Ford is the official one from Ford, supplied by Tesla, by the way, and it will theoretically work with any EV because it's just passing through the signal. Now, lots of people today have been talking about how it's great because they think the Tesla network is the superchargers are you know, so much, so much better than using CCS. It's also worth reminding those people that the Tesla V3s and V4s work with the CCS protocol. And so, no, this isn't some magical new technology that Tesla are finally unveiling. It's a huge piece of news, but it's fundamentally CCS. It's it's an implementation that is very good. And, of course, the physical implementation, the, the tactile bit that you hold, the cable, the connector, it's all so much better. I've been saying this for years. The Tesla connector is just so much more Elegant and lightweight, and you haven't got to, you know, manhandle it into the side of a vehicle. Let alone when it's cold and that cable. Oh my goodness, it's just—it's so good. Now, what's been happening in the background? Well, Tesla said a while ago we're going to let anyone use our connector, and we're not going to call it a Tesla connector. We're going to call it the North American Charging Standard (NACS). We call it NACS. Well, of course that doesn't actually do anything. You can say that if you want, if you're Tesla, but it doesn't mean that in five minutes' time, Elon Musk wakes up on the wrong side of the bed and changes it. So what's been happening in the meantime is uh, SAE, the standards agency, have incorporated this, both the Tesla, what became NACs, that's going to end up being a placeholder name in history that we'll stop using. Uh, They took that and some other bits as well, and because it'll do things like V to G, it's bidirectional, but anyway, and and made it a standard, the J3400 standard. And so I think what would be really helpful is if we start to call the connector what it is, which is J3400, and then when we start talking about Tesla, that means that we don't get confused because all the car dealers need to, or the car makers, sorry, all the OEMs, need to go away and cut a deal with Tesla, which they've done. So nearly everyone's cut a deal with Tesla to get access to the superchargers. But that is an entirely separate piece of work to the connector. So I just want to make it clear at the beginning, If it was new to the podcast, and you think we're talking about the Tesla plug, that's not a thing anymore. It's now the J3400 standard, and the Tesla stuff is, I guess there is a dotted line between them, because at the minute you find them on supercharges, but in the future, in the very near future, you're going to find them on third-party chargers, Electrify American are, are, are going to add them uh, to their charges at some point, just as CHAdeMO is is. Not as popular in North America as it's, over here it is in Europe. Um, then at some point CCS one will will be you'll see fewer of those cables over the next decade, and there is a large installed base of EVs, and you will always be able to charge CCS one. But then you'll see J three thousand four hundred increasing. And Ford are the first ones to do it. It's a huge day. So I'm so excited. You can tell I'm excited about this. Um, how does it work? Well, you rock on up in your Ford vehicle to a Tesla Supercharger. Uh, you use the Ford Pass app. And so your vehicle or the Ford Pass app, both of them can locate the chargers. Now, like I said, it's not V2s, and it's not all V3s. So there's some some considerations there. If you Don't just rock it up to any Tesla-logoed charger and try and do it. The prices are different. I'll get into that in a minute. But the... the Ford Blue Oval Network, if you like, is now incorporating the superchargers. And that's what I think has been really, really smart about this, is that at the beginning, I'm not smart enough to understand on day one when Ford announced this a year ago. I couldn't put it all together in my head quite... Quickly enough, because I thought, does this almost like Ford capitulating to Tesla? Have Tesla won the EV battle in America? And then you look at the press release today, and you look at the language around it, which is Ford saying, "Oh, we're delighted to welcome Tesla into the Ford Blue Oval Network, and uh, you know, just one of the many networks that you can charge on with the Blue Oval Network." And you think that's a genius piece of power play from Ford because. I now see it as the other way around. It's a genius move by Ford because it allows 15,000 more chargers for Ford owners to use. Really, really good chargers. And uh, and all the the car companies as well. But with Ford, the way they've done it is they're like, hey, we've got our charging network, the Blue Oval network. We've pulled together lots of these network operators in one app and yeah, Tesla are part of that. And you think, oh, they've almost risen above it. Like they're the bigger player now. And I think that's been a very clever way of doing it. Of course, today, Jim Farley, the CEO, Thanking Elon Musk and saying we couldn't do it without you, and being very, you know, very polite, very humble, and that's I think that's a, you know, a good thing to do. Don't poke the bear. Um, and so this really simplifies the process of plugging in, in finding a charger, road tripping for so many people. Pricing Tesla sets the pricing of this. Now, what if I would love to ask somebody from any of the OEMs in your contract with Tesla? Are there some guardrails? In other words, at the minute, it's about a third more expensive. So if you're a Ford owner on the Tesla network and you plug in, you're paying about 30% more. Is there anything to stop Tesla price gouging? That wouldn't be a good move for them, image-wise. I'm sure legally there's got to be some guardrails in there, inflation link, that kind of stuff. Um, so that's one of the questions uh, that I have. But apart from that, it's all been very, very simply laid out today. Uh, the adapters work incredibly simply. Uh, they deliver a load of power. And if you do want to get a, a really good price and you are going to be using the superchargers a lot, you can go into your Tesla app, I believe. I don't think you can do it through Ford, uh, the Ford FordPass app, but I think you go into the Tesla app and subscribe to their membership. $13 a month, which is, I think, very, very reasonable. And then you can access the superchargers at the same price as Tesla owners pay. Now, uh, Tesla confirmed that Rivian, General Motors, Volvo, and Polestar are the next four, and we think General Motors, in terms of the sequencing, is going to be next. A new initiative called Charging for All is now introduced on Tesla's website, detailing the inclusion of these next four automakers. Very odd seeing pictures of other cars on the Tesla website. Um, concerns about increased demand on the supercharger network—it's a real thing. Now, I—I I, many people know. Just bought the Polestar six six weeks ago. It was a toss-up at the time. Do we get a three-year-old model three or a three-year-old Polestar two? And we weren't the Polestar. Um, and uh, I and we've never been a full-time Tesla owner. I drive Teslas all the time through friends, family, contacts, whatever, when a new model comes out. We've never I've never owned a Tesla and lived with one for, you know, a year, two years. And and I suspect that I would be of the persuasion. That when I turn up at a charging a, a supercharger and there's one spot left and I can't use that spot because a third party car is using it in the, you know, air quotes wrong space because the charge port's on the wrong side, I might feel some frustration. I think one of the great things about the Tesla being in the, in the Tesla community as part of that that customer experience is that you get to be have the superchargers to yourself. Now it's been opening up a lot more in Europe and. It's fine. I think if those car if it's not a busy station, but some of the stations are busier, and I think that's it's a real thing. And we need to get on and work out how this works. And V fours will change it because the cables are longer, and and you won't be blocking. I mean, I said that word. I didn't want to say blocking. Uh, you won't be eff- taking up effectively two Tesla spaces with a non-Tesla because the Ford F one hundred and fifty Lightning has the plug on the front, and so you do need to now. Rivian uh, are also opening up their their own Rivian Adventure Network and embracing the J3400 connector. Uh, they'll put it natively on their vehicles in 2025. Until then, adapters, again, adapters for the next ones, the GM, the Rivian, the Polestars, the Volvos, which I think we come next month in, or maybe this month now, we're into March, we'll get those announcements what haven't i talked about i think i've gone through the things on my notes uh oh yes one one important thing is the rollout of this um according to a, a twitter post from tesla charging account they are rolling out they're switching on they're doing remote updates to their their superchargers to enable this for ford customers and it's about 700 to 800 or so compatible Stalls every month. They're switching on, so it's not fifteen thousand overnight. Although I think a majority have been done, and now they're doing more and more, and the rest of them. So, a total number, I don't know. I think by the end of the year, I think there'll be twenty three thousand stalls turned on. But again, I need to work out the numbers and the time frame. What do you think of this piece of news? I'd love to hear from you. You can contact, uh, you know, email or social media and uh, all that kind of stuff, or send me a message via Patreon if you're a Patreon. Um, Paid supporter. I think you can even sign up for free as well just to get sort of access to contacts and stuff. And, and let me know, what do you think? Is it a good thing? Are you a Tesla owner? Would you be frustrated? I think I would be. I'd like to pretend I'm a, you know, I'm a big, mature, you know, reasonably well formed adult. Um, and I'd be like, hey, cool. This is for the benefit of electrifying all the cars. But if I just bought a Tesla and I couldn't charge it because somebody else was there, I'd be thinking, man, this is not what I signed up for. But hey, this is the world we're in now. So I think if you're a long time Tesla owner, you could be justified in feeling that new buyers should know that you're going to be sharing stuff. So I think most people are pretty cool though, aren't they? As, as long as we're all very sensible about it. Huge news, huge day in the world of electric vehicles. And I'm just absolutely made up. So excited that it's you know, it's finally, finally happening. Doesn't affect me in the slightest where I am. Uh, I don't think we're going to get J3400 ever. Maybe, no, CCS2 works very well. So I think that's, it, it's the way we'll be. But um, But, you know, for my... My friends across the pond, this is huge news, and I'm delighted because in a, in a you know in a in a short couple of years, all new cars sold there in North America will have one single plug and connector, and that is the dream. Right, I'll take a quick break and rest my voice for all of a second. Rest your ears as well if you want to. <laughs> and we'll come back and we'll talk about the rest of the news today. Stick around. All right, let's come back and talk Fisker. And Fisker plans to cut 15% of their workforce amid financial concerns, signaling a challenging year ahead, ending last year with $400 million in cash, but uh, casting doubt on their ability to operate over the next 12, uh, past the next 12 months. Fisker's exploring uh, investment opportunities and negotiations with a major automaker, they said, on the uh, the. The call today, but a, a, a pivot they've done recently, which is to move away from direct sales to a dealership model, has been very, very slow. Uh, they've had interest, they say, from 250 dealers, but there's 13 signed up, and that's that's effectively where you get your Fisker from. The first vehicle, the ocean's been beset by problems. It's a beautiful piece of design, but early owners have had to have some patience and wait for those software updates to to, to roll out. There is an investigation into them. Um, as well by NHTSA, um for some breaking stuff. But again, I think it's all fixable over the year. Um, it's a it's a tough chart task that Fisker have got. Um, they did spend a lot of time recently unveiling new products, which I said at the time uh, on this podcast. I was enormously frustrated that it seemed they were they were shifting their gaze onto oh this is what's next, like Lucid with the Gravity. This is what's coming next. Well, look, that's that's nice for you. But let's ensure people who have bought vehicles are serviced, yeah, probably. Like, they don't spend too many hours in the design studio doing some fancy drawings. Let's get, get this car on the road. Let's get the Fisker Ocean out there. Um, so it turns out that it's Nissan that is in a late-stage negotiation as an investor. So what do you think about that? Now, that would bolster its position in the EV sector. The Ocean's a good-looking vehicle. Fisker is it's a great piece of design, and a lot of people are excited about that. The potential agreement involves Nissan investing $400 million and focusing on their their electric truck platform as part of the deal. Nissan would make the forthcoming of Fiskas, like the Alaska electric pickup in 2026. In America, in Mississippi and Tennessee, potential sites. The partnership would allow Nissan to develop and build their own electric truck using getting a leg up on some of the work that Fisk has done already. Nissan, of course, wants a leader in the EV space and still making great stuff with the Aria, but has lost a little bit of sizzle and certainly lost their what was they were an early market leader at um, the minute Tesla took over from them. And so with their restructuring recently of their alliance with Renault and Mitsubishi, it does allow for more of these things that the, any of those three companies could then go and do on their own. For Fisker, it would be a lifeline and it would be a rescue And we'll watch that one carefully. Uh, Ford has patented a system designed for 800-volt charging capabilities. Uh, The patent outlines an approach using two separate 400-volt battery packs operating in parallel during normal use but connecting in series when on a 800-volt or a higher-voltage architecture charger. Where have we heard that from before? Uh, The dual-battery configuration enables efficient charging at high voltages, uh, reducing charging times. Given the patent was filed four years ago but made public now, it suggests this has been Ford's roadmap for the last four years. I'm probably doing two and two equals five, but we'll wait and see. Now, that's our podcast for today. A lot of stuff on Ford, I know. Thank you very much for bearing with me on that because I do think it's, it's – It is momentous, isn't it, that other vehicles get to use Tesla's incredible supercharging network, that we now have a a connector that's standardized, the the J3400 connector that anyone can use if you're a charging company, and they all are, putting those plugs on the end and not having to go and get a licensing deal from Elon Musk or something, because this is now a standard, it's not a Tesla thing anymore, and it's so much more elegant as a connector, as a cable, as a piece of technology, it's future-proofed, it's fast, man, Huge day. Huge day. So excited about this. And uh, I hope but uh, I hope you are, too. Uh, thanks to our premium partners of the podcast, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse, Global Public Charging Made Simple with One App and One Map and Lease Plan Electric Moments. All the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.